chilling. Cool. So I think today's episode is going to be a little different from us, Dallas. Um, we don't have a guest for this week, and we don't have a specific subject that we're looking into talking about, but we definitely have some things to talk about today. And I think we're both in an interesting position because today you're having to overcome some life adversity that was done to you that you're having to navigate through. And I'm getting at the tail end of a self-created adversity and what I'm going through with that. So we're both sort of going through the same thing, but in totally different situations. We are. No, I think that's a beautiful topic to talk about because as a human being, we go through life and life isn't always easy (laughs) just because you're sober or just because you are working out. Life still happens, you know, and I think people forget that. And I think the important part is to talk about it and share about it so that other people know it's normal and that this, these types of moments are when our skills or our tools or what we know, whether it be like support systems, whether it be friends and family, like using the stuff that we know works really well during these situations. And I love how you, you hit on, and we talk about this quite often, but just because you get sober doesn't mean everything works perfectly for you. And I think you're, what happened with you just today was a shining example of that. If you don't mind sharing with us, you... Went away, had an amazing, beautiful couple days, and then came back to some some <laughs> some foul play. Some foul play this morning. Yeah. And then, you know, just that extreme roller coaster of emotion that you're you're having to deal with. Yeah. Well, I guess to fill in the audience, um well actually this so this weekend I got engaged and was on a, a vacation. Congratulations. So I, yeah. Happiest day, happiest probably part of your life so far. Yeah, yeah. So pretty epic trip, epic vacation, engaged, riding riding the high of life. And that's the funny part about life is it likes to bring you back down sometimes as well. <laughs> so I wake up on this beautiful Monday morning and get sucked into a pyramid scheme, scam, get hacked out of all of my social media accounts, lose thousands of dollars. And that's the situation Angie's referring to. So here we are in the podcast studio, and that's kind of what I'm coming into the room with. And, you know, obviously being able to process that or allow that to exist, it's, you know, it's, it's bumpy. It doesn't feel good. It's kind of not the, not the normal vibe of life. It feels very, um, like essentially when I was on the phone with Chase Bank, they were like, you got virtually, uh, you were on a, like a virtual, you were a virtual hostage. Hmm. And I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what it feels like. Like they were leveraging my social media with my money. And then my money was being leveraged by my social media and vice versa. And it, it's, that's never happened to me before. I'm like pretty technologically sound, pretty smart guy. And, you know, everyone, every dog has their day in a negative way as well, <laughs> you know? So I'm the dog today and uh, the day so far has not been mine, but that's kind of like, you know, the adversity or just like the, the emotions that have been going on with me today. And they're, they're definitely difficult. It's, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of like shame and guilt as far as kind of like the role I played in getting myself into that situation. Um, I fell for it at like 7.45 in the morning. I just woke up. So it feels very like taken advantage of. Like I feel like. I feel like violated. feel violated <laughs> as well with the social media. Like yeah. coming off this 
this weekend of getting engaged and having all this feedback from all my friends and family and my social media was the most active it's ever been this weekend ever. Um, so then it almost feels like they kind of took that from me too. So it's just a strange feeling for sure, you know, and we could, if we could, we could dive into it more for sure. I don't have, you know, any real advice yet because it's still happening. Like waiting to hear back from social or Instagram and Facebook on if my accounts can even be recovered, you know? So. Well, you and I were talking like, uh, as far as the takeaway, it's like, okay, well, what was the lesson in all of this? I'm still sober for the audience. Yes. I haven't wanted to drink or use. No, and you've come to work. We're here on the podcast. You know, you had every reason, both of us, to not podcast today. I traveled. You went through this. You know, we had many reasons to say that I shouldn't do this, but yeah. um, we're still here and doing that. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I definitely did have a few thoughts of like, oh, I can't do anything today. My day's ruined. I don't, you know, I can't. I can't go do the podcast. I have to take care of all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And so I guess that is a good point. We are here. Yeah. We are sober. We are podcasting and life goes on. And just because life throws, uh, you know, a massive wrench at you, you can't just stop or give up. You got to keep, keep, keep on keeping on. I mean, and that's like the tale of sobriety, right? As we keep moving forward, regardless of what happens to us or what we do to ourselves, we still got to keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's very true. And and hopefully, you know, hopefully sharing about these things can, you know, encourage other people that, hey, you know, Angie and Dallas are sober. They've been sober for a while. You know, maybe they view us as like successful or having our, our stuff together. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe what it can convey, too, is that everyone goes through life and no one's exempt from life's problems and there's no secret way to dealing with it, really. You know, there's tips and there's tools and there's tricks and strategies, but there's there's no way to avoid it or get be exempt from it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, if last year wasn't the biggest lesson and all that, as far as, you know, the pandemic, nobody knew how, to, how or what to navigate that, um, even moving past that to some degree this year, there's still other stuff that can happen and it happens to you. Um, but I did love your take on it. It was, well, where's my responsibility in this? Because mm-hmm. as we know, and as we teach, that's the worst part about I it. I know, as we <laughs> yeah, know, and yeah. as we teach being the victim doesn't really get you out of that situation. It feels mm-hmm. good because you're right. You were wrong. You know, you weren't searching this out, but at the same time, the healing doesn't come from just being wronged without going, okay, well, what did I do to maybe, Where's my responsibility in this? Yeah. No, and I think that maybe is why it is hurt for so long is because I took responsibility at like 10 in the morning. Yeah. You know, so I just, <laughs> I've been trying to, you know, not not go in like a shame or guilt spiral about it. But my buddy says that shame grows in the darkness. So, you know, just being able to talk about it or laugh about how stupid <laughs> this whole situation has been has brought a lot more humor or peace to the situation, you yeah. know, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, and, and and a note to all. I mean, if this could happen to Dallas, it could happen to anybody. So please beware of the Instagram, Facebook scammers that are, yeah. uh, you know, if anything looks too good to be true. It is. It is. It is too <laughs> good to be true. Um, and for the audience, too, the people that scammed me actually scammed a buddy of mine and so I really thought I was talking to my buddy, who was like a good friend of mine. And 
what he was saying was too good to be true, but because it was him and I trusted him, I extended myself a little bit further than I normally would, I would say financially. And and that's kind of the crazy part too, is I was like played. I thought, you know, I was talking to a buddy and helping out a buddy. And then I was like, oh my God, why would my buddy screw me over like this? Then I finally get the brilliant idea to call my buddy. He's like, what's up, man? Just at work. What are you doing? I'm like, uh, trying to figure out where my money is, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, please tell me you didn't send any money to my Facebook or my Instagram. I was like, that's exactly what I did. Wow. He was like, they got my family. They got my sisters. They got my friends. Like they locked me out of my Facebook and my social media. I can't even let anybody know it's not me. Wow. So it's this whole intricate thing. It's, it's really crazy. And you know, I mean, Use Facebook to talk to friends and family, and if they need money, just say no. <laughs> or the, text them or call them on the telephone and, yeah. and see if this is real or not. Yeah. That's not the, the forum to reach out. Yeah, get them in real life. Sometimes we forget that social media is not real life. Right, <laughs> right. And the, those people prey on us not realizing that, and especially with this distance that we've all uh, gone through with the pandemic, you know, reaching out via social media is totally the normal way these days. Yeah. People DM you. They don't, you know, text you anymore. They private message you. Yeah. So. No, that's super true. And, you know, I think there's a lot to take away from in, you know, kind of that, that situation and that it can happen to anybody. And yeah, I guess the, the, the idea or the topic is kind of like adversity, whether it be, you know, done to you or self-inflicted like you were talking about kind of with you know what you're going to share about like the 75 hard and stuff and I don't know I think it's just a great topic because it, it it just people think a lot of the times that you get sober and that everything's going to be fixed you know I have this book it's called 12 stupid things to mess up recovery and the one of the the first prompts is thinking that recovery or sobriety will fix everything. Mm. And it's true. Yeah. You know, like the only thing that changed is you're not using drugs. So your life isn't, you're not making your life worse on purpose anymore, but it doesn't mean that life still isn't bad. You know, another example today, I found out um, a, a good friend of mine passed away and was killed, you know? So it's kind of a culmination of all those things. And, I'm not saying I'm any like hero for navigating it, but if I was to give any, you know, advice or tips or tricks, it's just that I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not resisting what's happening. I'm here with it. I know what's happening and I kind of like to make it okay to be here as uncomfortable as it is, as stupid as it is, as much as I don't like it, it is what's happening. And the more I accept what's here and what's happening, the less it hurts, the less it sucks, you know, the healing can begin kind of like you said, the responsibility can be taken and the thoughts can then integrate into your mind. The scamming ones, however, are those ones are integrating very slowly. still. <laughs> um, well, you still have some some raw emotion to deal with. Like we were talking before the show, you know, you've gotten yourself into such a good place over the last few years. I, even clients can't rile you up you've you've become so uh you know kind of easygoing we've seen every kind of situation uh dealt with every kind of person and so there's nothing that's really occurred in your life your family's all good on all fronts there's just nothing to really push or trigger you to that angry place Mm -hmm. and 
you know, I remember you early in recovery. We would see the angry place. <laughs> Frequently. Frequently. I'd hear about it on the golf course. There may have been a golf club. <laughs> I saw yep, it in the yep. gym. You know, and, and this is nothing bad against you. And I know That's you're. That's the truth. You're, it, yeah. But I haven't seen that part of you in a very long time because there just hasn't been anything to sort of incite that in you. So I'm sure even <laughs> for yourself, this is. Uh, weird to be going back through this emotion that's not normal for you anymore yeah no that's perfect i think the range of emotions have changed for sure you know getting sober like you said and getting things to kind of an even keel um which i think we on the on the episode with philip that we last did the ironic part is we were talking about how our favorite thing in recovery is just knowing that like you'll be what you you know when you wake up what you're going to get like i know what kind of version of myself is going to wake up tomorrow i'm like pretty stable things are pretty normal i'm going to be able to get through the day pretty easily it's going to be all right there's no surprises really um so when the surprises do come it is strange you know um but yeah anger is definitely a difficult one you know and what we know about anger is it's secondary emotion and what oftentimes comes first is the fear or the sadness um usually fear you know fear or sadness and if you can recognize the sadness and the fear first it doesn't really get to anger sometimes it could be ego too we've yeah. seen that i know like you know that's when i'll get mad or angry is when my ego's feeling a little ruffled yeah. there you know yeah. like i should have known or i'm embarrassed or something like that or someone yeah. does something and i'm like are you, you know who I am? Like the, the ego gets in the way and there totally. there can create the anger too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we've, we read a new earth together. Yes. But one of the biggest takeaways I got from that book was that if you're feeling better than or less than you're most likely in ego or your ego's telling you some sort of story that I'm better than you or I'm worse than you. And I like that there's two sides of it because if you're worse than somebody, the ego's telling you basically a negative story about yourself. When you're better than somebody, it's the same thing. It just feels better. Yep. You know, I'm the shit. I'm awesome. I'm going to crush them. I'm going to do so much better. And I think with ego, what people forget is there is a time and a place for it. And it does exist for a reason. Um, but if you can have awareness on when it is there, you get to be in control of, hey, is this good or bad? You know, kind of like if you were to were to fight somebody yeah. sometimes it's valid if you're protecting you know maybe a child or some woman gets her purse stolen and you tackle some dude and 100%. you're a protector that's good yeah or you're in the gym and right. like i'm cruising along and i notice someone's at the same pace as me and i'm like you know what i'm them yeah that ego fuels me yeah. to healthy to win it's healthy competition i'm going to be better for it they're going to be better for for it because they're going to see me pushing harder and yeah you get so a better can, workout because you want to beat them and yeah you, you feel better because you're like dang why didn't i do that all along <laughs> right like you wouldn't have been able to push yourself without them right so the ego does serve and it does play a role and it is it is healthy however if you're not aware of when it it's happening or where it takes place and you have no control over it over the ego yep so there's that we somehow got to ego out of me getting scammed my ego <laughs> is bruised right now oh, it man. is bruised it is upset but it is just a story i lost the idea of money i lost the idea of who people think i am on freaking internet that's all i really lost i yeah. still have my health all of which can be replaced can all be replaced i still got my smile 
<laughs> I still have my average looks and uh, your everything's above gonna be average okay. personality. My above average personality. <laughs> And things are going to be okay. Totally. So this is what processing situations look like in sobriety. You know, I think another big takeaway from all this too has been like, I don't always have the answers and I don't rely on myself to know everything. And it's nice to set the ego aside and just check in with somebody else. You know, I kind of, a good example would be, a parent calling in crisis to get their kid into treatment. Oftentimes they're just reacting. They don't know what to do. They want their kid to be safe. They want to get them in some place immediately. They're going to do whatever it takes to make sure they're safe and to fix the problem right now. Usually they're not, they might not make the best decision because they're being so reactive. They just need something, right? Like just take him, just put him somewhere, just fix him, you know? And that's kind of how I felt today where I just, I needed somebody to think more clear for me because I was just reacting. I was just caught in like duress. I was stressed. I was not in a great place to make great decisions. Um, Hence the scamming and the social media hijacking. But yeah, you've never been through that. There was no experience to really draw from that. You've been far removed from your past criminal activity. Not like right. something fresh in your mind of like, oh, here's how we handle this. Yeah, this is new age criminality. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. but I guess, you know, the takeaway is like, I know when to reach out for help. And I learned that through sobriety. I learned that through going into treatment and realizing that I didn't have the answers. And if I had all the answers, I wouldn't need to be asking for help. So I think a big takeaway has been in recovery, knowing that I can rely on people and creating a, a, a network of, of a reliable people. You know, that I can trust to to be like, hey, dude, I got took for a lot of money today and lost a lot of important things. And I need your help. Like, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm not doing well, but I would say I I felt very vulnerable, you know, and. Obviously, the layer two of like being a man and saying those things and the culturalness behind that is difficult sometimes, too. However, oftentimes I, I always say, you know, the people that ask for help are the ones that get it. And today I need some help, dude, straight up. And I got it. And I think that's a huge thing to remember. In AA, they call it the 10,000-pound phone, right? Like picking up the phone when you need help. And a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people aren't around right now on planet Earth to tell that story because they didn't ask for help. And they didn't, you know, they let the ego tell them that they were better than. They They didn't need the help. They let their pride say, you don't need that. Yeah. Real man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just suck it up. And uh, here I am in the 21st century (laughs) as a man saying, dude, I was sad as hell this morning. I had a lot of things taken from me. That wasn't fair, you know. And you're a good guy doing good things like you don't deserve that. Like, what the heck? (laughs) So it's cool to know that, you know, seven years sober. Right. I still utilize my support group and my friends and, and my people to get through the trials and tribulations of life you know and in the internet i might put in there too but yeah i mean we could definitely keep exploring this if you want Ange. <laughs> I, I have no problem talking about my freaking mistakes and internet social vulnerability <laughs> ah man i think it's just you know it's just life and and us uh being open with you know ourselves and what we're going through and, and 
not always great. Yeah. It's still life and stuff still happens. And even though you're a good person doing really good things, bad things can still happen to you. Totally. Like it doesn't doesn't matter. Like there, there's uh, I used to tell my kids this and they at first they didn't understand what I was saying. And now they just look at me like I'm a not nice person. But I was like, they come home. That's not fair. They did this and this happened. that. And I was like, I don't know who told you life was fair. Yeah. Life is not fair. You can't live your life thinking life is going to be fair just because you're doing the right things everything's going to magically be right for you because it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a, a parenting podcast now, you know? <laughs> a parenting and sobriety alive. back on here. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His are young. Wait till they get older. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm sure he'll that, that be great true. at it. That is true. It's funny. Savon was on a podcast and he said, He's like, my mom said I was the best kid until I turned 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. Once those teenage hormones take over, boy, it's Game a whole over. new world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I was I was a really good kid up until 16. So, yeah, like the teenage teenage years, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because it's all ego. Right. You feel less than or better than. Yep. That's all teenagers are. They're either hurt because they're not good enough or they're just like hard to be around because they know everything yeah or they're <laughs> just confused like i was 11 when i started drinking and using, and i was just desperate to fit in mm-hmm. and so i'm like oh is this what i got to do to fit in okay and i'm like oh actually that's not so bad that kind of you know makes makes things not so rough and scary and easier to fit in so yeah, it's I guess a, that's true too oh yeah there's <laughs> there's a lot of different things that can play into it it's not always like something tragic happens that creates it that's true Jeez. Well, this has kind of been fun to just turn the microphones on and just see what happens. I kind of like that. Yeah, this is a free phone. It's, it's organic. It is. You can't you can't say that. Like, I didn't think that I would title this episode like scam alert, you know, or like <laughs> three factor authentication, authentic authentication. I might title it that three factor authentication. <laughs> you should. Because that's where we're at. My God. Just to prove you're you. Jesus. Well, why don't we shift gears, Ange, and talk about kind of the, the, what, what did we call it? The self-inflicted adversity. There you go. Maybe kind of highlight the 75 hard and, you know, your experience of, of putting yourself through that, but more than kind of like the surface, like what it is, 75 hard, why it is kind of the deeper reason of of seeking out some sort of program or mental toughness like what was your your reason to seek something like that out so initially i started 75 hard last year i took my son to college and you know the world was in the middle of a pandemic and and i thought oh my gosh this is going to be really weird for me empty nesting and don't know what i'm doing and so I, I set the date to start it as soon as he was gone because I knew with all the tasks that you have to do, it uh, would keep me very busy. You've got to work out twice a day, 45 minutes each time, one of which has to be outside. You have to stick to a diet. You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read 10 pages. And you have to take a, a photo every day. Every day. Every single day, all day, uh, every day for 75 days. And so, um, you know, going into it, I did it to keep myself busy and preoccupied to sort of get through this tough period I thought was going to be in my life. And uh, at first it was a bit overwhelming just trying to do all these tasks, just trying to drink all this water. 
Um, yeah. Throughout the day, I wasn't a big water drinker. I've kind of avoided it, you know, working out and drinking a lot of water isn't always friendly for girls in CrossFit. You got to pee a lot. Yeah. So, so that was the hardest part, just getting all these tasks done every day. But then I found through going through it that I was actually more productive throughout my day. Like you would think you're going to be less productive because these things can take up to a couple hours out of your day every day. But I found I was more productive throughout the rest of the day while doing these things too. So I really uh, started doing the program. I really liked it. Physically, obviously saw results from being on a diet and sticking to it and drinking all the water and working out twice a day. But really it was the mental shift that I found. I was building momentum. I was being more productive than ever. And um, the first time I did it, I realized I you know, worked out twice. I woke up the next morning. I almost shot out of bed as I realized, oh my God, I worked out twice indoors yesterday. My routine was a little off. I worked out at the center. I did my normal ROM wadding. And I realized, and not even till the next day, that I had screwed up um, and worked out twice inside, which is an instant fail. And with this program, if you miss any one of these tasks, you're done. You start back over at day mm. one. And so after waking up, I, I spent the day going, okay, well, what do, what do I really, you know, do I want to jump right back into this? It's been 48 days. That's a long time already. And I kind of made the decision, yep, jumping right back into it. And the next day I started over. Um, I looked at the timing. I was like, well, it's going to be a little rough. I'm going to be on through Christmas time, but that's okay. You know, part of this program is you you have to go through hard, no, not even hard, just normal life while still doing all these things. Mm -hmm. So while everybody's eating candy, you're sticking to your diet. While everybody else is, you know, laying down, you're going outside and doing your workout. So you, you just got to keep pushing forward. And so started back on it and um, about... 50 days, six, no, I was up to 60 days in. So now I've done it for about 145 total days. And I'm not a young kid. So that's, that's a long time on the body, a lot of wear and tear to put your body through pretty consistently. And um, I have this whoop strap. So I'm always monitoring my recovery and yeah, how well yeah. did I sleep and did I not sleep? And I probably give it too much power, <laughs> too much power over my brain because I'm like, oh my God, my recovery is so bad. I'm doing terrible, even though I probably feel okay. But um, yeah, I give it a lot of power, but I also use it as an instrument of maybe you shouldn't push so hard today. You're really not at all. Uh, so long story short, um, I was doing that feeling pretty tired and my, my aging dog, he, um, you know, we, he, they told me to put him down at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I was ready to, but it just didn't seem right. And he and I kind of had a really close relationship for 15 years. And I said, no, I'm, I'm just not going to do it yet. And he stayed with us another you know, 11 Six. months. Oh, 11. Yeah. 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 It was so a long time. It was a long time, but then I could tell he was at, he was at his end. And so, you know, I was doing all my critical tasks and, um, you know, he was doing bad, but he wasn't dying. And I knew if I took him into the place to put him down, we wouldn't even be able to be with him. And so I was trying to figure out a way of maybe getting someone to come to the house. And I sort of, he was laying over by himself and I just put him in my arms and I was holding him and he looked at me and I looked at him and he like died in my arms. And it was very beautiful, but also so sad. Yeah. Holding someone that you love as they die and seeing yeah. that light leave their eye, it kind of messed me up. And I... um as it should too, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that's, sh that should be something difficult. 
Yeah. You know, you know, he was there the whole time through my kids being raised. He was there through, you know, just everything. Like it was, uh, it was really tough to go through. And I kind of woke up the next day, just exhausted, tired, mentally spent. It was like, you know, Christmas. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to give up break. Like I, I just can't, I'm giving up. So that one, I kind of mentally, physically just gave up, gave myself some time to heal, gave myself some time to process, you know, without doing other dramatic things. I just took sure. myself off this program and just gave myself some time with my family, eat bad food, you know. There we go. Yeah, not, not have to worry about hurry up and getting my workout in while everybody else is watching Christmas shows. Like, I just gave myself permission to sort of take eat, a break. Yeah, take a and break. grieve and take care of yourself, Yeah, which is huge. I think that's. I think that was probably the smartest thing you could have done for yourself. But it's hard to do mentally because you yeah. feel like you're giving up. You feel like, like the first time was an accident. That was like, for sure. oh, so dumb. How did I miss that? The second time it was like consciously knowing you're giving up. Yeah. And, you know, I had Tom who's like, you can do this, stay with it. And I'm like, Tom, I just can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Maybe it was a bit of honoring the dog. Like, I'm not just going to muscle through this. For I'm sure. going to actually, you know, yeah. be with this and be with this yeah. And, and that's, there's a lot to say for that. And there's a lot to take away from that. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, because then it's like, am I covering up the pain with these tasks, you know, and then you're also missing out on Christmas and all the meals. And it was kind of just a perfect storm to just say, like, I need to be here for this and focus on this. Even though I'm literally two weeks away from completing it. Yeah. Even though it's probably the last thing you wanted to do. Yeah. Because you know? all that progress, you look at all that progress and go, am I really going to take this 140 days and just say, eh. And, that was like the right thing to do. And I did it. And, and I took about a month off after that. But then I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I'm not a quitter. I've got to get this thing done. Like third time's a charm. I'm doing it. And mm -hmm. so I gave myself adequate time for my body to sort of recover my mind everything else sort of get through the new year's didn't want to do it as a new year's kind of empty and uh started started mid-january and here i am this is day 75 so i know day i made 75. it 75 don't it. screw this up Ange. dude i know <laughs> this weekend was rough too you know is because we, it was easter and i flew out to see my son for easter and the family you know we we're eating out meals and mm -hmm. you know i had to be very specific about what i'm eating Spending most of my time just trying to chug all the water, and <laughs> it was it was very challenging traveling. Traveling is always very challenging with staying on a diet and getting in your water and Stuff. working out twice. And working out twice, yeah. Figuring out when you're traveling, I bet the easiest part is just the ten pages. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just open the book. Okay, done. Yeah, ten yeah. pages. That's easy traveling. Absolutely. But working out twice, once indoor, once outdoor, yeah. drinking a gallon of water. Peeing on an airplane 14 times. Totally. Oh, man. Well, and it's also difficult. It can be difficult when you're the only one doing this. Like, yeah. if you're with a bunch of like-minded people and you're all doing the same thing, it's nice to have that emotional, physical support. But when you're like the, like, okay, guys, you go over there. I'm <laughs> going to go work out now. You know, you gotta got to walk away and do your thing. Yeah. Um, it, it builds strength, I think. And, you know, I had to reframe how I was looking at things like I can't have that food. I have to do this. I got to get this done and, and just sort of reframe it. Like this is what I'm totally fine. I chose to do this and, and getting the mental and, and like we talked about in the beginning, just giving myself that adversity to overcome it, finding that comfort in that discomfort. 
pushing myself yeah. in a lot of different ways, which, you know, especially when things are tough and hard, it's good to give yourself these challenges, these little things to do mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah. Or to feel more like you, it, it's like, uh, prepares you for life, you know, um, I know we've probably talked about that before, but I, I like the idea. I know when we talked with Marcus, he called things like that, uh, like micro adversities. You know, and I think that's kind of the beautiful part of the 75 hard program, too, is because it forces you to deal with all these little micro adversities in like your day to day stuff. You know, like basically you're throwing like a wrench in the plan and just seeing how you do on purpose. It's like the best thing to experiment with is your body and your mind, you know, and see how it works and how it does when it's tired and how it does with a gallon of water in it. And I think that's why it's it's cool to talk about, too, because how long have you been sober? This year's decades. 20. Decades. We'll just say decades. Thanks, right. <laughs> yeah. Angie's been sober for decades. I've been sober for almost seven years in September. And. I think the biggest idea of all of this is that we're both still a work in progress. And even something like this, like the big difference between the first time I started doing it to this last time is the first time the goal was just get through it, whatever it takes, you know. And I noticed this last time going into it, like I saw out like more adversity as opposed to just doing workouts. I'd look at the forecast. I was like, oh, nice. It's actually going to rain at four, I'm going to wait for my outdoor workout till mm-hmm. four and I'm going to go down to the beach and put on my weight vest. I'm going to go through the waves while it's pouring. rain. You know, I yeah. tried to create even more adversity within the adversity just to mentally push yourself more, challenge yourself more, find the fun in that, find the adventure in that, find the moments of difference, you know, yeah. and, and not just doing the same thing. And, and I really like used it a lot for my gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. Like I would go outside and do most of my outdoor workouts were with the weighted vest, either in the forest or the ocean. But I would spend most of my time just being grateful. And so at the end of it, not only am I feeling good physically, but I'm also feeling good mentally. And it was like a meditation. I really struggle with sitting there and trying to meditate. Yeah. But if I can just walk and sort of like my my head goes to that clear space, I can get that sort of feeling that I don't always achieve it sitting and trying to meditate. Yeah, no, that's that's a good way to look at it too. And yeah, I like that. I like the awareness or like the things that you've learned about yourself decades into sobriety, you know? Ah. And I, I think that's why we keep coming back to that is because when you go to treatment, when you get sober, you start to become aware of what you're doing wrong or why things are the way that they are. And I think from there, from your 30, 60, 90 days of treatment, whatever it may be, you get this kind of idea of like, wow, I can fix my own problems once I'm aware of them. And Angie and myself, what we're saying is that that never really goes away and it becomes a really good thing, right? We, a lot of people in sobriety, you see them kind of become these like amazing versions of themselves. And I think it's because we're just very aware. That's all it really is. Like we're aware that, hey, sometimes I lack discipline or like, hey, sometimes I fly off the handles or like, hey, sometimes I avoid hard conversations. And the only difference between maybe us and them, if we were to categorize it, is that 
we rise to the challenge because that's what's been effective for us. Once I started to confront the things that I sucked at, life got better. Once I started to learn how to live a healthier way and become more aware, I started to have all the things that I wanted. So it's almost part of our success formula is just being aware of the things we're not good at or being aware of the things that need to be addressed and continually be addressed. Exactly. Never getting complacent. I mean, you know, all our years in sobriety, never getting to a place where I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to work on myself anymore. Like it's just as good as it gets and, and that it's enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, that's in our DNA is to keep doing better, do more, get better, get more out of life, keep working on ourselves. And I know we both do this physically, mentally, spiritually, yeah. emotionally, like it's never a standstill. It's always trying to continue to improve as a journey as opposed to a destination. Yeah, no, that's, that's well said. That's well said. And I think another reason, too, we bring this up so much is because of how much experience we have of clients getting, like, senioritis at the end of treatment, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm almost done with treatment. I I climb this big mountain you call Elevate, and I'm about to graduate and go home. But going home is, like, the journey. Like, going home is when everything starts, for the most part. Going home is your challenge, your test. And that test the clients go home to is still the test you and me are playing around with every day. It's just the the game of life, you know, just playing it and seeing what you want to do with it and how it works. And so I don't know. I think that's my big takeaway is it's more of a, a reminder for the audience, for the clients, for ourselves that like we got to keep going, you know. We got to keep working on ourselves and adjusting and reevaluating and making improvement. And you don't have to. However, if you do, your life will continue to get better and more fulfilled and more rich. Um, rich as in saturated, not rich as in like wealthy. But that might happen too. Right. <laughs> my, one of my favorite sayings, and, and we both love this guy as well, is Jocko and is discipline equals freedom. And I uh-huh. think that's like such a successful tool for both of us for sobriety and just success in life is the more disciplined we are with ourselves. And I'm not saying don't celebrate victories along the way, but the more the higher standard we hold ourselves to, the more disciplined we are, the more we push ourselves, the better you end up feeling. And I think mm-hmm. like for some of our they feel like they just did all their work on themselves so now it's like now let's go take a break but it's like now the work is really getting done yeah (laughs) now you really got to get disciplined because we're not here to like make sure you're completely safe and everything is going good and making sure you show up on time like now is where they're just and it's when they're leaving yeah no absolutely that's a good way maybe that's what we'll title the episode we won't title it three factor authentication we'll title it Discipline equals freedom. I feel like this is like four episodes in one. It's just like a compilation of like just the randomity of our minds. 30 years of just recovery info, info. in one podcast. Yeah, it's like a speed date with recovery. It's like, bah, 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 bah. oh, yeah, and what about this? And what yeah. about that? Yeah. And we both get kind of excited when we talk. Yeah, we, we, we got a lot to say, you know. I think the last thing I would say on that too, the perfect analogy that I like to use for clients is like clients, people in recovery, people in the planet Earth is like I guess I like to use bodybuilders as an example where like 
they're always like sculpting their body. They're always working out. They never get to a place that's good enough. They never get to like the height of their muscular aesthetic look. It's never good enough. You know, if you watch the Ronnie Coleman documentary for 10 years, he put on five pounds of muscle every year. So every year he worked out every day, like a madman, like a crazy person stuck to a crazy diet every year. And every year he would only gain five more pounds of muscle. But in those 10 years, he went from like 215 pounds with zero body fat to 300 pounds with zero body fat. And he won the Mr. Olympia like six years in a row. He's like world world renowned for having like the most lean and muscular body ever built. And if you don't believe me, go on Google and type in like 2000 Ronnie Coleman. It'll blow your mind. Like it looks fake. But the idea is that you never, the, the journey never ends. But also when you get to where you want, you don't get to stop doing the work. You know, like you don't get a six pack and you're like, awesome, now I can eat cake. Right. No, like you get there and now you want an eight pack. Yeah. Now you want a 12 pack. And maybe that speaks to like the human mind and like the, like uh, the, addictiveness to it who knows but if you become addicted to healthy things and awareness and happiness i think your life will be better than if you're addicted to crack and heroin and misery (laughs) yeah i think it's a much healthier type of addiction for sure yeah there could be good addictions too absolutely well and it's part of just as you know once you get to a certain point you always want to get better if you get to that point and you just maintain do you always feel better or are you feeling like I'm just doing enough? Yeah. You know, I think that's for us where we get addicted to the feeling better, feeling better. That means we got to keep pushing, keep getting those feeling better hormones or good feelings or whatever it is that gets created from that. No, that's very true. That's very true. Well, damn, Ange, I feel like there was a lot of takeaways in this episode. I feel like there was a lot of nuggets delivered. I've already forgotten that I got scammed. Oh, good. So that's good. <laughs> I don't even feel that bad about it anymore. Like, you know, who knows? Maybe some people would say, hey, maybe they just need it more than you. And you can look at do. it that way. I this struggle a, with that. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not that I feel like forgiving it, of a person. It, it, it happened for a reason. The lesson yes. will be learned. And I'm still here. Everything's fine. I feel a lot better about it right now than when we first got on the microphone. And if you're listening and you're an audience member, I'm sure you picked up on that as well. You're like, oh, man, Dallas is feeling a little bit better now. <laughs> Back yeah. to his Dallas self. Thank I God. Just needed a pla- I just needed a platform to, to vent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, and if you're struggling for that, too, I would encourage anybody, you know, don't get stuck in that. I, I just learned this recently, and I'm totally going to switch subjects now. Switch it. This failure to launch. Like, yeah, if yeah. you have a dream, if you have a hope, if you have a feeling you want to do something, just do it. Don't mm. wait for the perfect storm to do it. Like immediately call somebody, start reaching out, start talking through it, start a podcast, you know, whatever you got to do to process or get through stuff. Don't be afraid to start doing it. Yeah. Just do it. Dude, absolutely. I mean, if you looked at the amount of podcasts that were started in 2020, it'd blow your mind. And the coolest part is that all those people had a microphone and had a platform and had a a message to share and I'm sure regardless of downloads or plays or monetization or fame those people all felt a little bit better getting those things out into the world 
or they felt a little bit better getting those things out of their chest and out of their mind. So regardless, that's a huge takeaway. And, you know, I think there's there's a lot there's a lot to say about talk therapy. Absolutely. And like I always say, you know, if you could help at least one person, if just one person could hear what you're saying and it helped them, then it's worth it. Yeah. Don't don't hold yourself back, because if you have the ability to help somebody, why would you not? Yeah, and that's for you guys to answer. I felt obligated to answer that when you <laughs> when you said that. I'm like you wouldn't, you know. Exactly. But that's that's for the audience, you know. If you could help somebody, why would you not? Yeah, you why know? would you not? Get back to us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I'd also like to encourage our audience, just because this is Dal and I, we're sort of free flowing here. Send us questions. If you guys yeah. have a subject or a topic that you really would like for us to cover or go over, we would encourage you to reach out. Um, we would love to interact with you guys. We could even do a live one where it's set up and you guys could ask questions while we're on the air. But um, we'd love to have more interaction with you guys, too. Again, yeah. you know, whatever we can do to help that will provide more valuable content for you or things that you just truly want to know. Or want to hear about or anything like that. Yeah. 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 So I would say you obviously, you know, in the show notes, you can find us on the web. You can find us on social media. <laughs> I don't know if you can find Dallas on social media you right now. You cannot find me. Well, you can find me on social media. My name was changed to like freaking Bala Choppa or something like that. God, I'm getting upset again. Uh, <laughs> however, Wait, let's go, let's go yeah. back to the happy place. <laughs> however, you can find Elevate Addiction Service on social media. All of them are just at Elevate Addiction Service. Send us a DM. It'll get to it'll, me and Angie don't monitor the social media as much, but it will get to us. And I think that's a great place for you to go and follow and like and message us and yeah. it'll find its way to us. Yeah. Or if you do Angie dot at dot and I mean at as an AT, Angie dot AT dot elevate, it will go directly to my oh, DMs too, and I do yeah. monitor those. And so um happy to. Yeah, happy to uh, answer any questions that you guys have for us. Yeah, don't follow me at Chuck Gherkin right now. <laughs> don't do it. Hopefully this is a temporary situation. Yeah, could you imagine if one of the audience members followed me on Instagram right now, at Chuck Gherkin, and messaged me, like, hey, I'd love to hear you guys talk about this. And they got pyramid schemed or, like, hacked because of this. Right. Oh, damn, that would be upsetting. So yeah, don't do that. I'll let you guys know the next podcast when you can follow me again. Pray that I get my account back. I've been Chuck Gherkin on Instagram for like 12 years. What is what is the story behind it? Story. I've always wondered. I feel like it has to do with a pickle. I don't know why. No, well, because a gherkin is also a pickle. Yes. <laughs> uh, long story short, I was under the influence with some buddies, and my little brother's high school or uh, preschool principal's name was Chuck Gherkin. And my parents got like a letter in the mail and at the end of it, it said like sincerely Chuck Gherkin. And because I was stoned, I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> and all my buddies started, thought it was super funny too. And my sister thought it was funny. And I just made that my Instagram. Cause back then it was like, you didn't, it was, I don't know. I didn't want it to be my name. It was, right. it was cause I'm, I'm from the era of like, AOL instant messenger when everyone had like a username when right. everyone had like a persona it was never like your actual name it wasn't like a LinkedIn yeah so I think that's how that started and it just stuck like I said I've had that for 12 years and just been that way it's what everybody knows you by it's what they know me as <laughs> amazing but I did think today I immediately found a silver lining and I was like well 
least I get to be more professional and make my Instagram name Dallas Terrell and be a real human. Well, you don't have to go that normal. Yeah, that like, is... Maybe you could spice it up a little bit. That is true. That is true. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I think this, you know, hopefully there's some value in here for the audience. Hopefully you guys, you know, something resonated with you out of the 38 topics we hit on. <laughs> Rapid fire topics. Yeah. And we got some great guests lined up in the can, too. We won't name any names. But we have some good ones coming up, so you're going to want to stay tuned. Absolutely. There we go. Well, we'll call it for the day, Ange. All right, Dal. Well, glad we were able to get together on this day. Me too. Both of us had other things we could have been doing. <laughs> yeah. But no, here but we are have. on the Elevate Pod. All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.